Hello, everybody. My name is Ben Schluter, and welcome back to Chalk Talk, a series in which I interview guests from around the world of NCAA gymnastics. Today's guest is a grad student at West Virginia University from New Kensington, Pennsylvania. She's an exercise science major and three-time regional qualifier, including once as a beam and floor specialist. Please welcome Abby Pearson. Hello, Abby. How are you doing on this day? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, coming on. Let's just jump right into things with you. When did you get into gymnastics and why? Um, I was about three years old, and my sister did gymnastics, and my mom did gymnastics. And I feel like what every gymnast says, that they had so much energy. Uh, I was in preschool, and they would take us to different classes, one with gymnastics, one with swimming. And when I fell off my kickboard and almost drowned, I definitely didn't think I was going to be a swimmer. But I definitely excelled in the gym, in those little classes that I was in. And so I absolutely loved it, and I stuck with it since then. Mm-hmm. So when did you or someone else realize, hey, you're actually pretty good at this whole gymnastics thing? Um, I was about five or six years old when, I would say I was about five years old when I was taken from, like, the classes, and they introduced me to what was called team trainers, Um. And then from team trainers, I spent about a year or two there. And then I tried for level five when I was seven years old. So I was definitely still pretty young when I was being introduced to competitive gymnastics. Mm-hmm. So then uh, how did your recruiting process start? Um, It's actually a pretty interesting story. I definitely, during that time, I was going through mental blocks on bars. Um, I was in eighth grade in my freshman year when that was happening kind of that transition from like level nine first year level 10 even into my second year level 10 I um was having mental blocks on bars forgot my how to do my shoot over forgot how to do my double tough blindfold all of it was gone um and so I was really focused on getting that back and so that's why you see a lot of things I do on bars today is a little interesting and unique but that's kind of where that stemmed from. And so I was working really hard to get back. I honestly was not even in the mindset to get start reaching out to colleges and kind of getting recruited. But West Virginia sent me a welcome to camp letter. And so um, I finished that season out. I qualified to nationals during that season and then went to camp, the West Virginia camp after. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And um I always say that I think West Virginia picked me up at a time where I wasn't as confident or I didn't think I was super prepared. I didn't even know my capability or my potential. And so I always give them respect for seeing my potential. And I stuck with them ever since. So, yeah. Mm. I think I was going into my sophomore year when I got recruited. Uh, Huh. So I I can kind of see how it's almost as if I know it was like you kind of chose it and it chose you. It's like you went on the right, oh, what's the word, road? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah. What's it like being a student at WVU? Um, it's great. I mean, being a grad student is definitely a lot different than being an, an undergrad. Um, the exercise physiology major is definitely a hard major in undergrad as well. I mean, you're taking your bio, biochems, organic chemistry, anatomy, physiology. Um, So it's definitely a pretty heavy workload. And in my master's program, it's the same thing. Um, Doing physiology, learning all the medicines and like pharmacology and stuff. So 
being the student part of the athlete is pretty difficult, but I absolutely love it. I love the program that I was in. Um, and I love my master's program now. I'm learning so much for later in life. Um, but like every student athlete says, I feel like our schedule is always just so busy between classes and practice, but we have so much support that it makes it easier. Hmm. So what's your daily schedule look like during the season? During the season, um, I'll wake up, go to lift, and I think our schedule is going to be like a 7, 30, 8 a.m. lift for me because I had some class conflicts. So wake up, 8 a.m. lift, class at 10, then I have another class at 1, and then I'll go to practice for 2, um, and then from 2 to five is practice and then we'll eat dinner and then I'll go home get some studying done I'm currently studying for my MCAT so I try to get some of that in and then I go to sleep and I wake up and then travel gets all crazy sometimes I'll miss Thursdays because we travel sometimes I miss Fridays because we travel um so it gets a little bit crazy so I have to work with my professors but yeah that's about it couple couple classes in a day and practice and lift uh-huh. So then uh, what resources do y'all have as student athletes? I'm talking like physical health, mental health, and uh, academic. Uh, we have so many resources. For physical health, we have a, like a training room within our gym. And so we have our athletic trainer. We always have athletic training students as well. And then we have a doctor that works with us um, who we can see right away. But then we also have like orthopedic specialists that we can see as well. Um, for mental health, we have two sports psychology, um, therapists that we can go see, like we can just text them, set appointments up, email them, set appointments up. If we need something for an emergency, there's also that. And I think we have some online resources that we can use as well. Um, for nutrition, we have our own nutritionist in the fueling station. Um, and we have Coliseum dinners and breakfasts as well. And then our strength and conditioning, we have a strength and conditioning coach in the APC. Um, she's absolutely amazing. Her name is Coach Sweeney. We love her. Um, but we get our own strength and conditioning programs, lift, uh, bike workouts, stair workouts, all of that. And then in academics, we have our own academic advisor. I have my own, um, I have an athletic advisor and I have my own academic through my program. We have an academic advisor that helps us schedule our classes um, if it's going to conflict with practice, anything like that. And then we get tutoring and we have career development and we have a lot of stuff up in the academic center. So, yeah, y'all got y'all seem to have um, everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then training facility wise, what y'all got? Training facility, we have, I mean, our own training facility. I think it's beautiful, but there it's going to be reconstructed soon, which is going to be exciting. Um, but, you know, we have our own little, like I said, our own locker room, our own training um, room that we have in there, and then our practice facility. And that if we ever want some extra training stuff in the APC, there is cold tubs and hot tubs and the doctor's office and all of that. So there's even more luxury stuff right right around the corner for us but we have a very nice facility uh with a pretty nice locker room and training room 
right next door. Nice. When you say reconstructed, like how? We have, um, there was, I don't know exactly what it was called, but basically, um, where donors can donate and they're going to like rebuild the gym and like kind of reconstruct it into something a little bit newer. Nice renovations. Yeah, Um, renovation. Thank you. Yes, I didn't want to interrupt there. Now, uh, what y'all got in there right now? Like bars, beams, a pit? Yeah, we have a vault that goes into open foam and then a vault that has a red beam. We have five beams. Four of them have a hard landing. One of them has a resi landing. We have a floor, five high beams, and then we have a couple of beams. We have floor that has open pit landing, resi landing, and then obviously the hard landings. With Then we have a tumble track that has open foam, a trampoline that has open foam. We have a set of bars over, over open foam. Then we have a trench bar and then two two bars, one on hard set and one over like a resi set. So, so y'all have probably the most beloved pit at West Virginia. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, that was a quite well executed thing. Now, another thing that uh, I've been asking about is NIL. What does that look like at West Virginia and specifically with like y'all? Yeah. So um, there's different options, but one of the more uh, main ones is working with the country roads trust. And that was built by um, West Virginia alums. And basically, they help us get NIL deals. They'll reach out or companies will reach out to them or they will reach out to companies. And then if we if they think that's a good opportunity for us, then they'll come to us and with that opportunity. So, I mean, it's still being, being built up, um, but I think it's starting to grow more and more for the student athletes, which is a good thing. So. Yes, very nice. Uh, so then y'all's home, I've seen y'all's home stadium, and it looks really nice from the outside. <laughs> like, love that Coliseum from the outside. Um, what's it like competing in there, though? What's a typical environment? Oh, my God. It's it's beautiful on the inside. I mean, it it's such a huge arena. I think we walk into other arenas where, like, wow, this is really big. Um but then when you look at the number of seats that the Coliseum holds, it's the biggest arena that we'll ever compete in. Um, so it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, being on the floor and looking up at the ceiling, it's beautiful. Um, we always laugh that everyone loves the media and the photographs they get in the Coliseum during their routines because it always photographs the prettiest, in my opinion. Um, I'm not biased or anything. No, but, I mean, <laughs> but it's a great environment, and I definitely think it helps us when we go to other big arenas. Yep. Um. Now comes the ma- amazing question. Uh, what is your favorite meet that you have had the opportunity to compete in at West Virginia? Oh you've gosh. you've had a lot of them, so it's, it might be hard to nail down one. If you've got a couple of them, that's fine. I think one of my favorite atmospheres was my junior year. We went to Michigan, and it was the year... After Michigan won their championship and Auburn was there and they sold their arena out and I just, it was louder than um, LSU. It was louder than Florida. It was just such a cool experience to be in such a big arena that was completely filled and loud. Um, A little scary because that was probably the loudest meet I've ever been to, but I just remember the energy was so cool. 
Um, I think one one meet that I hold near and dear to my heart was my very first meet of my collegiate career was at Penn State. And I went 9-9 on two events. And I just remember having so much fun competing. And that was just so new to me. Um, so I feel like those two were absolutely some of my favorites. But I mean, there's so many. There's so yeah, many. You, you, you have a lot of experience. I mean, I, yeah. And I've seen the Chrysler Center. Like, hi, I'm also biased because I've never been to the Chrysler Center and you have. But from what I've seen on TV, that thing looks like it can actually get, like, ridiculously loud. Just because it, it looks like it's really tight in. That's what I think it is. It's not like, because, yeah. like, the PMAC can, it fits a lot of people, but it's got a lot of space for sp- sound to dissipate. Mm-hmm. Chrysler Center it looks like it's packed, packed. It, it it felt like that, which I think was actually really cool because most of the time when an arena feels like packed, it's usually like some of those smaller arenas where it's like, I don't know if you've seen Denver's where it's not huge, but it's like kind of packed in. And so it, you feel a little bit more like the energy is closer to you. But I've never been in a big arena where it it felt that. that yes, yeah, so I, I I have seen Denver's arena um, from having watched regionals. Yeah. But yeah, and it, you make a very good point there because like, yeah, that is a pretty compact space. Um, So yeah, that's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, let's talk about one of the most important things that I have to ask you about. And that's the backyard brawl. Because y'all actually do that. The uh, dual yeah. meet with Pitt. What is that energy like? Um, I always laugh because, I mean, the backyard brawl for any any sport is going to be uh, near and dear to West Virginia and Pitt's heart. Um, I always I always think it's fun because when we go back to Pitt, I'm at home. You know, everyone that I grew up with is going to be there. Um, but then when I go to West Virginia, I'm home. So for me, I think it's an advantage for both. Um, but it's, it's, there's always going to be that competitive, um, grit factor of it that it's obviously the next team wants to win. So there, there is always going to be that. Mm -hmm. So now let's, uh, move all the way back to the start of your career or how the start of your career ended with COVID because your first season got cut short by that. What was that moment like when y'all found out, Hey, uh, season's over. Oh my God. It was so confusing. I feel like. We sat down and we were like, hey, we're not going to do senior night. And we're like, oh, okay. Like, that's really sad because, I mean, our seniors worked so hard that season and that's just an abrupt thing. But then we're like, okay, you know, we could still have Big 12s because of the bye week and then before Big 12s. And then I remember going out and before even our coaches knew, the NCAA posted something on Instagram saying that, like, everything is canceled. And immediately we got a call from our coaches saying like hey come to the gym and we had a meeting and they're like it's gonna be like a couple months like then like this is the end of our season and I just remember our seniors everyone was so devastated but I just remember our seniors being so devastated because no one ever imagines a pandemic being the end of their college college career um but I just feel like it was so like blindsided it was crazy um and then they were like yeah you can come back in like two months and it was like five months later we were back and with all these protocols and wearing a mask and practicing in different groups and stuff like that so it was crazy I don't I genuinely it feels like a fever dream Mm -hmm. 
And then in 2021, y'all had to compete with, like, out fans. And you mentioned how big y'all's arena is. So with no one there, what was that like? Uh, we had cardboard cutouts. <laughs> but it was really weird. It, it was genuinely really weird um, not to have fans cheering and stuff like that. It definitely was still a competition, but it kind of didn't feel like a normal meet where it's like you have the fans and you have the energy and you have that pressure from everybody watching you and stuff like that. So it definitely, I remember being an adjustment of that because of just how quiet it was in the Coliseum and to have to compete in that silence was like the exact opposite of being in those big arenas where it's like you barely can hear yourself think. Mm -hmm. And then what was it like to come back and have fans again in 2022? It's always so nice. I think you realize how much you appreciate something once you can't have it. And so um, in 2022, it was definitely nice to have the fans in everybody's arenas, not just ours. But um, I and it was nice because I wasn't putting a cap on the family members that could come to the meets and stuff like that because. I'm very much a family person, and it takes a village, so I invite the whole village to the to the meet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then in 2022, so you'd made regionals in 2021. Y'all made the second round of that. Uh, but in 2022, that unfortunately did not happen for the entire team. But you did. You qualified for the second round. What was it like having to compete as like an individual as opposed to a member of a team? Yeah, I remember... Um... It's so weird. I, I felt like I was back in um, J.O. gymnastics, like back in high school in level 10, um, where I had to compete by myself. But um, I have my coaches, and my coaches are so much fun. I absolutely love them. And then my other teammate, Kendra Combs, was in the session after, and so she was allowed on the floor. Um, but it was, I mean, it's so weird. And I remember competing. And obviously when you compete as a team, there's the pressure of like having to hit for your team. But I remember I just like mounted the beam and I was like, well, let's just have fun. Like, let's just do this. Like, and so, I mean, I went nine, nine on both events. I was super excited about that. Um, definitely weird though. Felt like very lonely. I love my team. <laughs> yes. And um, luckily this year, that was not a problem, despite the fact that technically y'all should have. Because weird thing happened. Yeah. So first of all, y'all got to go to the Pitt Regional. And Pitt was not competing at their home arena, which um, I don't know if that feels good or bad, considering, you know, it's kind of sad that they don't get to compete there. But also, they don't get to compete there, which means that you can probably get more tickets for your family. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But um, True. What was it like when y'all found out that even though y'all were 29th, and y'all probably had to know where y'all were in the NQS, that y'all were actually going to get that buy into the second round? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, they're, sitting in that position is never an easy um, time. I mean, NC State sat in that position one year, and they didn't get the buy, and then they went three rounds straight through, which is crazy. Um, and so, obviously, we were super lucky to be right in our backyard, like in Pitt, um, it was only a bus ride, hour and a half away. And so that was super nice for us to travel. And then to be able to get the buy, I think we honestly kind of got the perfect 
like luck of the draw. I mean, we were in Oklahoma the year before, which is a pretty decent travel for us. It's never an easy travel to get to Oklahoma. Um, and so I think to have a year where we got to just take a bus right up to pit and have that second round, um, I think we were all super proud because that was a pretty big goal of ours was to get into that second round right away. So we were we were super happy about it. Mm-hmm. Now, coming into this upcoming season, one thing that's been an adjustment is that weird one second rule. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I feel so awkward holding it. I'm like, we're just standing there because usually if you stick your dismount, like you're hype, you want to celebrate. And then you're like, wait a minute, one gymnastics. Okay, now I can start clapping. And so it's, it's, that's an interesting adjustment. Yeah. I was thinking like y'all might just chant WVU just to make sure to do it because that's about like one or two uh, seconds. We'll, we'll scream one gymnastics. Like we literally scream one gymnastics when someone lands. Like, and we will probably do it at the meet too because why not? Hey, rather that than lose the half ten. Exactly. You can't argue it if you heard it. <laughs> that's brilliant again i am i am 100 for gaslighting the judges and boy if that ain't a good way to do it <laughs> except maybe it's not it's helping them this time it's helping them you know god yeah no one's gonna ever appreciate too much help i mean exactly. i know what i was saying there anyway doesn't matter um and uh that season by the way for those who are wondering that season starts at two o'clock eastern on sunday january the 7th they will be hosting the temple owls um what are the team's goals for this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, this, obviously, if you look at our last year's season, we were stacked with seniors and fifth years and um, just a lot of experience. And coming into this year, we're seeing a lot of our freshmen and our sophomores starting to take those positions. And it's kind of similar to when I was a freshman and a sophomore, where it was a very young team. And so I think Obviously, our goals are still the same with the success of the season, but I think um, as a leader of this team, I definitely want to help the the younger, the underclassmen, the freshmen, and the sophomores who this could be a lot of new experiences for them. Uh, everyone laughs like I'm the grandma, like I've seen this a thousand times, but how can I help lead the underclassmen who this might be new for when a, a, some adversity pops up and try to help them through that, so... There's a new leadership aspect for myself with the success of this season. But I mean, from what I've seen from these underclassmen, I'm super happy about it. And, you know, our goals for the season are going to stay the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what about your personal goals for this season? Yeah, I mean, this is my last season. And so um, I just truly want to enjoy every single second of it, the ups and the downs. Um personally obviously qualifying to regionals is going to be the big goal of mine but just to be really consistent this year um and be super clean clean and consistency is going to be my main goal is to have fun um and just enjoy the process throughout y'all are celebrating the 50th uh anniversary of the team this year um what's the big Like, how is that celebration going to be happening? And um, what does it mean to be part of that? I mean, we've been talking about it all year with the 50th anniversary. But I mean, to be a part of it, you know, we celebrated Linda Burnett. And I got to see alum talk about what the program was like 
years and years and years ago. And then I sit here and I explain everything we have as a program now. And I'm just so thankful and I'm so honored to be a part of this program, let alone being a part of this milestone of an anniversary, 50 years for the program. Um, I'm just super grateful and I'm so thankful for everyone who came before us and who pioneered this program. Uh, and it really just makes me want to leave my own legacy on the program and kind of just celebrate it because it's a great one. And now we've reached the end of the uh, conversation, one that has been quite interesting with uh, its many things. Yeah, that's a way of putting it. But I don't want to leave it without giving you the last word. So anything you'd like to say about West Virginia, the school or the program or, I don't know, Big 12 gymnastics in general or something? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think the West Virginia, I always talk about this with my family and it's just the people here are so unbelievably nice. And I'm talking about the fans. I'm talking about the community. Um, you know, everyone here, it, it's just one big giant family. And the next person you see is going to support the next person. And I just, you feel that within the community. But then you also feel that within the program. I mean, West Virginia, you know, we don't have professional programs. And so people bleed blue and gold. Like it is um, a lifestyle here. And so to be a part of a program in a university and an athletic department that you feel that love, it is just so gratifying. And, you know, to be a part of a program that feeds so much into our athletes. Um, like I said, you have everyone just being within the gymnastics community. You have your coaches, your strength coach, your nutritionist, your media people, the people who are working our meets, who make the who set the equipment up and help make everything run. I mean, it's it's hundreds of people that make this program go around. And so um, you can definitely feel the love. And so I definitely always love to give it back and just represent West Virginia as much as I can. And that'll do it for this episode of Chalk Talk. If you want to learn more about Abby Beyond Gymnastics, go read the feature story on the Substack for Chalk Talk. You can subscribe there to get episodes of the show delivered at the same time as the written stories. I want to thank Assistant Director of Athletics Communications, Olivia Sneed, for helping set up this interview, the lovely Abby Pearson for taking the time to talk with me, and of course Gabby for helping out behind the scenes. Until next time, I've been Ben Schluter and this has been Chalk Talk. Thanks for listening.